Welcome to the free podcast that I aim to entertain, inform and inspire you. If you are already following the podcast, thank you. If you are not, I would really appreciate you clicking that button. It's a small gesture from you, which is a massive gesture for us. Enjoy the episode. Just a quick one before introducing our next guest. I have a bit of a cold, so this might not sound as great as it can. Just want to apologise for that. But with all that being said... Welcome to the Ignition Podcast, the podcast that aims to give you listening the inspiration and motivation to do more with your passion for cars. I aim to do this by having conversations with people I find to be an inspiration and that have a great story to share. And today's fantastic guest is Charlotte Rushforth. In her own right, Charlotte is an amazing young woman who is paving her way through the motorsport paddocks and creating the career she wants by expanding her network and getting stuck into the nitty gritty of what racing and motorsport in the UK has to offer. Charlotte currently is in an admin and data role for Alistair Rushforth Motorsport in the Fiesta Championship, but plans to step up into BTCC with the help of a degree in motorsport engineering. And wow, this conversation, I was astounded by the courage, determination and intelligence she showed and portrayed and the willingness to be open about the position she feels women and herself are playing in motorsport the role she wants to see filled, and how the old ways are hopefully on their way out. Get ready to meet Charlotte, because I promise this conversation will not disappoint. Charlotte, welcome to the podcast. How are we? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. A little question I'd like to get started with is, um, what ignited your passion for motorsports and all things cars? So I think for me, is Alistair Rush of Motorsport, my brother's team, coming back into Janessa Juniors and coming back into really being our own team after a big gap from doing sort of MGs. The sort of the glamorous side of British touring cars sort of attracted me more to motorsport than some of the grassroots stuff. As exciting as that is, as it when I was younger, I think the glamorous side seemed a little bit better. Perfect. And starting off in grassroots, is that something you were pushed into by your brother or is that something that you kind of grown up alongside with? I sort of growing up alongside, alongside sort of MGs is where we all sort of started. But my dad's been it was doing rallying and hill climbs and stuff like that for forever. So I sort of went when my dad went to every sort of MG race. Yeah. I just sort of came along. When I was younger, I was sort of interested, but then sort of grew out of that a bit and thought that's boring. That's just what my family does. And then it's only recently come back, so not pushed into it. But the interest came back sort of naturally. Oh, brilliant. Well, it is being surrounded by that sort of thing kind of kind of grabs you. Um, so what, what, is, what has it been like being surrounded by that? Your whole family in and out of interest, but what made you regain interest then? I think I think seeing sort of everyone work together and, you know, I know that my brother and my dad and my other brother as well put like their heart and soul into it. Sort of seeing Janessa Juniors as sort of it was similar age to me when I sort of sort of gained that interest again um, so that all of them were sort of racing 14 to 17 years old. Um, and it just seemed because they were it didn't seem like such a like an older person, like adult, sort of just doing just doing racing and not very sort of a thing for young people to get involved with. And yeah. it sort of appealed to me more that it wasn't just uh, sort of like something children couldn't get involved with because they're not they're not allowed to drive or it's too dangerous. It actually sort of made it more modern in my eyes. Yeah, perfect. 
And I know you probably get asked this a lot, but what is it like being a female in such a male-dominated workspace? You're going to call it that. I think nowadays it's better. And I think we have sort of progressed. And in paddocks like British Touring Cars, British DT, are not alone. It's, it's not as intimidating. In the world of some of the club racing and maybe some of the generation, some older generations, it may still be a quite a su- sort of surprise that actually that, you know, women are not just doing, you know, the hospital hospitality side or sort of like cooking and that sort of stuff there is also women that want to get involved with actually being mechanics engineers and whatever whatever they wanted it be on the technical side but it's it's not too bad I still think there's progress but I think it's just getting the balance between sort of naturally being involved with motorsport not to sort of push anyone down the route because we feel there needs to be more women but just sort of naturally sort of gain that interest Perfect. And what were the conversations do you think we should be having more about not pushing people? Is it more important to maybe regain that interest without being pushed? Or is it more important to be showing everything first and then they, people decide whether that's not for me or not? Yeah, I think the big thing is, is is seeing yourself sort of represented. And I think everyone says that with a lot of, no, no matter what the topic is, whether it's race or gender or whatever, I think that's a big thing, being represented. But actually, I think naturally, if you don't enjoy it, then it's never going to be sustainable. So I think girls on track doing like they went to British touring cars and stuff like activities where they can sort of see it and they can just sort of maybe decide if it's something they're interested in. But nowadays with British touring cars, one, everything being so public on TV, if you just stumble across the channel and watch it and then suddenly get interested that way, it's much more easier than feeling like you're being pushed into it. And if you sort of being accepted that actually you're not just a fan, I think Christian Horner said it in a recent interview saying that F1's gained female fans from Netflix documenting the supposedly attractive drivers. Um, and that sort of uh, comment doesn't really motivate anyone because that's not, that's not what most people are there for. And you know, I care more about the cars than than anything. And yeah. I think that, that sort of comment stereotypes people. And there will be a lot of people that maybe there's males involved that, actually, you know, males can watch Drive to Survive and think there's attractive drivers, but also females can watch it and really not care about that. And compare, uh, pretty much most people, women in motorsport, will, were very sort of frowning upon that comment because... Mm. It's, it stereotypes us and that's just not the case. And we can all be fans of a driver, not just for that reason. I think there's, you know, the likes of Lando Norris, George yeah. Russell, everything. If you hear a young fan say that they like that driver, there's if you're a girl, there's, there's more likely to be that comment of, oh, yeah, you just like them for this reason, not because they're a British driver and you support that you, you're from that country or you support McLaren, whatever. There's there's more of that sort of stigma with yeah. being a fan. I think you're being preemptively judged based on the looks of people. I mean, personally, I find them really attractive, but I'm still I'm a straight male, but there we go. Um, I can appreciate the beauty in some things. And I, I won't go into Christian Horner because, personally, I, I don't like the man, but we'll, we'll move on. Um, yeah, so... What interests you then? If it's not the the uh, the quote unquote stereotypical attractive drivers or the 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 fast loud noises, what is it that interests you in motorsport? Well, I like well with my background, I like the sort of the technical and the data and 
just that sort of push for like performance really um and that's why i chose to do a motorsport engineering degree is because yeah. that sort of pushed to become the very sort of very best um and that constant strive to win and everything it's just really competition um and I think you can sort of determine what interests you by, you know, I went to different, I've been to race weekends that really, there weren't British touring cars, which was where my original sort of interest was. Yeah. Uh, but I went to race weekends that weren't, weren't like that. So classic cars, different stuff like that. And it was still like strive for competition. It wasn't just modern car. It wasn't just modern cars. It yeah. was like different sort of, it wasn't, they were more, like much older um, than British touring cars, which are constantly being updated and modernised. The, there was no hybrid in sight. There was no none of none of this sort of. There was no carbon fibre. There was none sort of really sort of innovative technology, which is interesting. But it was still that competition and seeing who's gonna who's gonna win was still still sort of parallel, yeah. grassroots or classic and different sort of variations of motorsport. And is it, is it hard to, I mean, you're based in was it admin and data in motorsport. Yeah. Is it hard to, when you're doing the classic car stuff, to be as involved because you're, I mean, you've still got the lap times and the splits and all that sort of stuff, but are you looking more with the classics to, to just the competitive side of it? To Is it more of a mental game rather than a, a data game? Yeah, I think with with our racing, with Classic Sports Car Club, they... There is also an element of because it's grass, it's sort of grassroots, but more sort of club level racing. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot to do with the mentality. Some will be there for the fun of racing, and some will, will be there for they want they want to compete. They have, these these cars are like the love of their lives. They were every sort of they want everything to be perfect, and so yeah, there is less of that sort of technical changing bits to carbon fiber. I mean, some people have. Some people will want to change bits and make it sort of update the technology on it. But then there's also if you if your mentality is just to go out there and have fun, that's that's great. And there is that always that side of motorsport. But there is it's yeah, there I would agree with what you're saying. It's less data driven. Um there's I with with one of the bits I do, um, we as a as a club collects sort of the date sometimes if there's an incident. Yeah. Um, which isn't there isn't always that many luckily with with our club but when we collect videos there's some people will have v-box data systems which collect g-force they will collect you know everything every input on their car and then there are other people that will use a gopro might not watch it sometimes watch it for fun put it on youtube so that it's it is less data driven um it just depends very much how seriously you take it and whether you're just doing it for fun or the people that really sort of try to be the very best of their class. Yeah. And so going forward with your sort of you for a bit your career in motorsport, what made you want to do a degree in motorsport engineering and not sort of anything else to do with motorsport? I think it all comes down to the technical sort of the push for performance with sort of how how much our inputs can change things and actually it with motorsport engineering you feel like you're con- you're sort of contributing to their win and i think there will be other sides of motorsport there there's definitely like so, you know physios and sort of manage ma- managers do also contribute to who's going to win yeah. but i think it's you can affect people's performance 
quite closely with motorsport engineering. And I think there's also loads of like technical developments that are really interesting inside motorsport engineering, like hybrid and electric. I know some people aren't that interested in that side um, and would love to just keep, you know, IC, ICEs. But I think it's probably it's where it's where that sort of industry is going and that sort of development is quite interesting so to sort of study that as a passion but also to be able to see it develop and be part of that development hopefully in the future was definitely what made me want to do that as a degree and not just for fun yeah and do you think that it's important to not just move forward with it so taking ICUs and bringing the hybrid area or even going fully electric do you reckon it's more important to have the conversations with the people that are a bit more ignorant with it that want to keep it straightforward that if they want to keep it straightforward you'll ruin racing even more because you won't have anything to race are you trying to push for more of the openness to combining two powertrains yeah it's definitely i think with working sort of in the paddock that has British touring cars i think some people are reluctant to it and there is definitely um, sort of there at the start teething issues with you know with we saw Dan Hamish that had that fire at the first round and I went to the media day and there was definitely people will take time to warm to it and also with people talking I've seen people that do F4 F3 and some of them will go I want to do F1 and there really isn't the incentive for some of them to move yeah. into Formula E um so even in some of the younger generation, I think convincing them to to be sort of attracted to the idea of Formula E compared to F1 is difficult. But I think it will take time for some of the older generation to warm to it. Um, I think my dad trying to convince him to get electric cars as his next, next car, but he's still looking at sort of non-electric cars and even non-hybrid ones and going, I yeah. think we should go for that for the next one. So it's just convincing people. And I think it's working with people that sort of convert classic cars into electric cars. And that's actually quite an interesting sector. And I think maybe as, you know, with our club, classic sports car club, whether some people go down that route, I think there is some people worry more about the safety um, side of things and fires and sort of teething areas with sort of with that. It's, I think, is one side that puts people yeah. against it, but there's also... There's always the thing about races will be shorter. Um, what, will it be as competitive? But there is also there's some of them are fast. Electric cars are faster, and they sort of react differently. And maybe it's the, maybe people are put against the side of they want to stick to manuals. It's is there's always different sort of arguments. But it's not it's not just the older generation. I think we need to try, try and attract some of the up and coming F4 drivers into Formula E, um, not just Formula One, whether that means them working together instead of just just having the two separate championships because Formula E is always seen as you don't want to do IndyCar, go Formula E. So I think, I think there's both sides of the spectrum need to be warmed to it a bit more. Motorsport, gamers and car enthusiasts alike, Ignition is giving away the chance to win a copy of my favourite racing games, Forza Horizon 5, the Premium Edition or Gran Turismo 7, based on what console you have. The rules for this giveaway are simple. For those looking to get their hands on a copy, go to our Instagram page at weareignition, that is we, letter R, ignition. Give us a follow and find your favourite episode, tag three friends and comment on the game you want. 
For an additional entry, see our post about the giveaway and share it on your story. The giveaway starts on Friday the 1st of July and ends on the 30th of July. The giveaway is not endorsed by Spotify or Instagram and is entirely separate from those platforms. All rules and regulations will be on the website. And for further information, check the show notes below. Now, back to the interview. This podcast is mainly to inspire the people that are sort of our age. You're 17 or 18, aren't you? Sort of that age. Just about to turn 18. Just about to turn 18. Two months, months. well, there you go. I think this is the first time I've interviewed someone that the podcast is for. It's for people like yourself and even me. I mean, top of the age range differs to people that listen to podcasts. But what is it important? Because you're you're doing the do right now. You're talking, you're walking the walk. So what is it important for people that your age and looking at sort of the university level and going into that to look out for? What is it you've learned so far that you could um, give some advice to people that are looking to get into a motorsport degree? My biggest advice was that it is something that I struggled with is that so if you're doing GCSEs at the moment, then it's not actually that big of a pressure to pick your GCSEs. If you're year nine, so, and you're thinking that far ahead, then that's amazing. Um, and it's good to be ambitious. But I did, I did drama, French, and I did ICT, which is useful, and history as GCSEs. I also did maths and science. But I didn't, some people like to pick sort of engineering GCSE or maybe a further maths GCSE. It doesn't, it's not the end of the world. You don't need to pick GCSEs like that. With A-levels, it's good to be focusing on having all right science and maths grades. But they always always say do A-level maths. And I I totally can understand that. And your sort of Russell group, if that's people know that one but which is quite prestigious uk universities um or just any uk university in general a lot of them say to you do a level a level maths and a level physics now i didn't do a level maths and i found the concept of doing a foundation year extending the process which would have lent i think it would have aimed up being five years of studying if i'd done a foundation degree and gone to a normal university now, my route isn't exactly for everyone. I didn't do A-level maths. I did A-level physics, which, to be fair, is a hard subject. You're either better at maths or you're better at physics. It's yeah. I, <laughs> I, in general, I have I have found physics hard from the start. Um, and I've really had to put the hours in and, and constantly. I've just had my physics paper one and it's it still is hard. You know, when I started off, I was getting like a D in physics and it, it does dismotivate you, but I, I think it's if you go down the academic route, I think going to motorsport UK, it's motorsport weekends and being like, I'm having to put in my time to do A level physics to do, to do this, and you know I have to sacrifice race weekends so I can be so put, sort of perfect that grade. If you're not academic, go college and do engineering, but not doing A level maths isn't the end of the world, or maybe not doing A level physics either isn't the end of the world. There is foundation degrees. And the degree course I did, um, I'm doing just I've applied for, so I'm doing from this year to 2025. With doing that, I can work five days a week, and um, I've done, I've got A level physics as the sort of what I'm applying with, but I'm applying with experience. Yeah. And you could be 40 and apply for you know and. Then, haven't been in school for years and applied for this degree and working five days a week as well it's 
it's not no matter whether you're 16 and trying to decide or if you just want a career change there is always something out there and it's not not giving up I think is the best advice and getting yeah. experience with mine they even suggested doing sort of like marshalling at the at race weekends that's motorsport experience and you know just asking teams talking to I know everyone wants to be an F1 talk to maybe talk to an F4 team if you want that experience or talk to you know a club racing team don't necessarily narrow it down to going to Silverstone Grand Prix and thinking you can ask um, Alpine to join their team just sort of get any experience and any experience is good experience you know I've I've applied by saying I've you know I've done marshalling I've worked in judicial clerk of the course office so they're like F1 similar to F1 stewards but a bit below that and I've helped work out work in there it's just any experience it's a good experience to put on either a CV or your personal statement if you're applying that way just don't give up on the whole you've got to do A-level maths you've got to do A-level physics because that really put me off and i I didn't really want to spend five year, more years in education. I some people yeah. might. Personally, I just wanted to be at a racetrack, not just studying for that uh, for five years at uni, personally. Yeah, I know secondary schools can be a tough place because I was in a similar position to you back back, back when, when my friends didn't understand why I wanted to do a motorsport degree. I haven't done a motorsport degree, but I was always looking at it. And it's... For you, how how difficult was it to explain to your friends and your people, your teachers, that you don't want to do a conventional degree and you don't want to be like everyone else going to Russell Group universities? Yeah, I generally I kept a lot of it to myself for a very long period of time because if I think about my class at school, doing a lot of them will be doing physics and maths as well, which is a a big part of when I was making my choice. But also, you hear of aerospace engineering. Mechanical engineering, um, sort of automotive engineering is still kind of lower on the list. Bear in mind motorsport engineering. And there's always the argument that about specialising, is that specialising too soon? There's never too soon because if you are certain in what you want to do, you know, you can, I've had suggested to me, why don't you just do mechanical engineering, then maybe do a dissertation on motorsport engineering or just get a degree that sort of, sort of wide wider engineering and then go the motorsport route because you can still do it yes you can but I think I've always been set on it being motorsport engineering um and that's that I think you do get approached with teachers going why don't you just go the sort of a broader spectrum and it's not it's not very popular degree but it's popular as in student choice it's getting more popular as f1 gets bigger but actually not many people have heard of it and not many teachers um so if you do want to apply through that with with the first school sort of helping you with that process there will be teachers that haven't heard of it or maybe tell you tell you is that the best route? go with your gut because i've had teachers tell me should you go broader with the option you know, especially as i went for an online degree that isn't very popular for people that are leaving year 13 sixth form college that isn't a popular choice. I think I'm probably the only people in a group of 330 students that is leaving to do an online degree. I think people say it's very antisocial, yeah. that idea. Um, but as I'm throwing myself into doing most on the weekends and working five days a week, there, there, there isn't that. You'll gain different sort of life experiences. And if that's how you work, I think from doing my GCSEs 
and sort of start of A-levels during COVID, I got more interested in doing online studying, knowing that I could be studying Friday night, doing doing something and then be Saturday morning, be waking up early to go to a racetrack until Sunday evening and then starting again Monday morning. And it's very flexible. Um, But I think it it isn't conventional and there is is less than 10 unis originally who were doing motorsport engineering, but it, it is getting bigger. And the sort of F1 boom will be helping. Um, but if, if anyone questions it, just sort of stick with your gut. Because if you, if you let that, you don't want to let that sort of thing push, sort of push you away from it. Because if you are 100% certain you're interested and know that's what you want to do, then it's your, it's your sort of life. It's your sort of future. And there's no, there's no time that's a too early to specialize i think i hear that one a lot it's too early to specialize because when when do you specialize there's lots yeah. of opportunities out there you a motorbike engineering degree is broad you won't i think the fear of being sort of oh you won't be able to do anything you know if if there isn't sort of the demand there you'll have nothing to do you won't have a job there is there is always fields of different things you can do and the motorsport is now sort of influencing some of the developments in the automotive industry. So if in doubt, it can still it can still apply to that. And some unis, you'll be sharing similar classes with sort of automotive studies. It'll just be, there'll be more of a sort of performance aspect of it. Don't be sort of put off just because you yeah. think, just says no, because there's always sort of award speeches and someone says, my teacher said I couldn't do it. And here I am now. So you may have that moment as well. If a teacher says no and you still make it to F1, then it'll be your moment to say that. Yeah, you can thank your teacher. <laughs> that it's almost like, when's the best place to get started? And there's a saying that the Stoics use, which is, when's the best time to plant a tree? 50 years ago, when's the second best time to plant a tree? Tomorrow or today. And it's, it's just starting with a left foot forward. But is there anything you're, you're personally worried about going forward? Anything that's niggling on you? I think the thing is, I th- is the the sort of interest in different elements of motorsport. There is a there is such an interest in F one right now. I promise you, there will be loads of engineers that want to go into F one, and I think it's making sure that students and everything can broaden their perspective, their sort of their idea of motorsport. For me, if someone offered me a job in British touring cars tomorrow or a job in F1, people will think, say I'm crazy, I'll pick British touring cars. That's where sort of my love for motorsport started. And actually, sometimes you can even get sort of more higher up the spectrum jobs as early starters in British touring cars than maybe with F1 being on the factory floor. And it's for students, it's very different sort of experiences. So I think it's making sure that people's sort of view of motorsport isn't just F1. I think that there is that interest there and I can 100% understand it. Um, but making sure the sort of students do go into sort of British touring cars, F- F2, F3, F4, there is always that demand for you know the next best engineers who will probably end up working in F1. And I think it's not just F1 that's a, the sort of is a of motorsport, 
for World GTs, and I think that's just for students and just sort of sort of viewers of motorsport in general. Yeah, you know, I think, and also for sort of drivers, I've met. I could probably, you know, list millions of people who want to go into F one, and that's great. But I could probably list less than five people who want to go into British touring cars, and. You know, we need we need the next British GT driver. We need the the next, you know, British touring car engineer. And I think motorsport isn't just that. There is also the grassroots side of it. And I think people shouldn't be put away, sort of put that away out of their mind going, I'm never going to get involved. Because I always, I wasn't as excited or interested in the classic side compared to British touring cars. And then, then I've got involved and that's definitely sort of opened up a new sort of sort of route for me and a, an interest in classic cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not it's, it's it's a very broad sort of thing. And also rallying, rallying needs to increase in popularity because because that's also a, a sort of another sort of element of motorsport that's really slept on and hill climbs, sprints, whatever. There is it's not just I keep saying this, it's not just F one. I want to understand a bit more about you outside of motorsport. When I say what, what are you worried about personally? What is what is what is Charlotte worried about? Because there's lots of things to worry about motorsport. But what are you worried about going forward? Making sure that I'll always have a stable job, like a career. I think it's always like, I think there is always the worry of sort of making sure everything is sort of perfect. And I think on social media as well, there's always yeah. the the perfect lifestyle um and I think as long you know as long as I this degree is worth it which and then you know having a career and always having a job because I'm the sort of person that doesn't I don't like sitting around I think a lot of people can say that um yeah. but it's, it's nice as maybe in COVID, COVID lockdown it was stressful but it was a sort of a, a sort of a pause a relax for sort of for some people but actually, I'd I'd rather be getting up doing something, and yeah. think I'm not a workaholic, but I definitely keeping something to keep me busy. Um, because you know we have a massive summer break after A levels, um, but I'm starting work after that sort of around that time. Maybe starting my degree earlier than some people, which I chose to do because I just I like having something to do. Um, yeah. Which is crazy for some people. Some people would love to have that break and take it. You know, I'll probably never have a school summer holiday again. So that's sort of the appeal when people become teachers is that that there is always they have that that nice summer break. Some of us will be won't have that summer break. Um, But I like having something to do. Is that too pressured, or is is that exactly what you like? I'm just trying to understand where the where where this drive comes from. I think no, I I, I just sort of pref- I prefer that in general. I think my dad's a bit like that as well. If we, you know, there I do watch loads of motorsport, but at the same time, if you tell me I was going to a race weekend, I'd rather think that I'm doing something than sitting in a grandstand. You know, it's it's interesting. I do like watching, but I'd love to be thinking right. I'm I'm watching it. Then I've got to do this, this, and this, and all of these activities. So I think definitely he's had an influence of having that sort of mentality as well and I think the whole family is like that we'd all we'd all rather be doing something than sitting down so I've probably inherited that from that from them yeah I mean, it's definitely for me I know this is not a popular opinion but I, I don't watch motorsport uh purely because I 
can't sit down for longer than 30 minutes and watch something i'd rather like you say yourself be involved and that's the thing that's why for some people i think it's important to be involved because you if you do love that thing don't not be involved in it because you don't like watching it do actually like yourselves get involved if you're going to go to a motorsport weekend volunteer because you'll probably get more enjoyment out of the volunteering than the watching yeah i think there's a lot you know motorsport in the uk always needs volunteers so if anyone was was to listen to this and think that sounds something interesting to them there is always like clubs that really need volunteers if you follow anything in motorsport that a lot of people talk about marshalling and there's a lot of sort of been a lot more coverage recently about the safety of marshalling um but also that how important they are in motorsport and i think if anyone even younger, I've seen, I was recently at Donington Park, the British GT, and there was marshals that are around the age of 14. They aren't standing on the side of the track. They are reading a little list that go and making sure all the cars are, are there, ready for the race. If you are interested in volunteering, there's literally loads of different roles, not just sort of Orange Army, as they're called. You can just get, you know, you can sort of build up to do clerk of the course, which is, you know, giving people penalties. And there is always admin roles as well. People are wanting to volunteer. So there's always something for someone. Yeah. And doing a bit of sort of deep dive into the future once you've done your degree, is that something you'd maybe want to help your brother's team out with or use that degree for yourself to maybe get a job in BTCC? Yeah, I think I've learned with with my brother's team, I've definitely learned some of the stuff that is and sort of used it to understand what I am wanting to do afterwards. Um, so data engineering is the route I want to go. Um, so that's just looking at squiggly lines on the screen and to do with performance, which to sort of the the non if you don't know the sort of data side. Um, but that's sort of where I want to go. And I've learned some skills from the, my brother's team, but I actually want to be doing it for a British touring car team. I'd, yeah. I'll, I'll always be there to sort of help out my family team. But the I think they can see as well that the goal is British touring cars. And I'd love to be like a race engineer or a data engineer for British touring car team. But also there's always F4 and stuff like that. I've spoken to a lot of been able to speak to a few people in the paddock about that sort of role and it it that's what appeals to me but I've learned that from being sort of being suggested to me and seeing people do driver coaching in my brother's team so I think a bit of both yeah you're certainly, you're certainly taking on a lot of stuff because you're working five days where you can't do a degree it's uh it's definitely keeping someone busy the thing I'm struggling to understand the child is is what why do all of this what what's what's the point wow good question i think the main thing for me is that is making what is a passion is something is work and something i can do all the time there is always the sort of like there's two sides of it there's getting paid which is always a benefit but actually there is a rewarding side to it and with data engineering as you can see you can see people win, you know, yeah. you can see people get podiums, you can see that success. And it's like a sort of a tangible thing, you know, when they get trophies. Yeah. And I think it's, there's the monetary reward, but there's also the reward of seeing someone else win. But also with our sort of work with juniors, so that's drivers 14 to 17, but also in karting a bit younger than that, or sometimes a bit older than that when we're doing 
um, other championships that maybe they are later teen- teenage years, but they're wanting to become a professional driver. You can see car- like career progression. And it's if you think you have contributed even in the smallest way to yeah. someone's career and it's, it's, it's rewarding. Um, and I can do with, with my degree, I'll hopefully be sort of trained enough to help even in the slightest way towards someone's, someone's career as well as living as living out my dream career at the same time that's 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 a perfect answer i think this this podcast i think it's, it's all about finding passion and that's definitely you've got a purpose there to to find that uh, the high performance in in racing and to push people further and to be a part of that win and it's clearly something you are very passionate about so um it's it's nice to be inspired listening to that answer rather than just a negative <laughs> question but uh, i'm done for that because I was just 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 seeing if you give up on me that be didn't. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a few questions I'd like to sort of end the podcast with, and the first of those being, you have any track, and uh, you have any car, where, what are you driving, where are you going? I'm probably going to say Silverstone. I know it's a basic answer, Silverstone Grand Prix track, um, and I think I'm going to say probably a Mini Cooper like classic one, because. Like my dad's always loved those cars. Yeah. Um, they are, they are very. They're not rare, but they. He he had one. Um, he sold it sadly. Um, but but now they are, you know, like a big sort of sort big sort of demand for them. Um, I'd do anything for him to get his his mini back. But yeah, he used to do sort of um, different different sort of motorsport and that. So like. I think he did sort of rallying in, in his mini. And I, I'd love for him to go around Silverstone in it. So I think I'd definitely would have a go, but I think I'd bring him along to Silverstone Grand Prix track for the, oh, for the mini Cooper would be nice. No, they're, they're my favourite car. They're a brilliant, brilliant choice. And I don't know how much you're, you're into your cars, but uh, your three-car garage, if there's any three cars, what would you have? Okay, so I'll have to send the mini Cooper again. I would like a Toyota Yaris for the, like, the Gazoo rallying one. Like yeah. I, I, I don't know what it is. I saw them on Top Gear once, and then I was just like, I've got like they're ex- they are quite expensive, especially at seventeen. So I'm only just sort of being able to drive. Um, but they are definitely. I've seen them at different racetracks around the UK. I've even seen a lime green one. I don't think I'd go for a lime green one, um, but I'd like, probably go for a white one. But they they look amazing. And probably my third one. Which people will probably think is a crazy choice, but is a Ford Fiesta ST150. It's a random choice. A lot of people probably think I should have gone for like a Ferrari or something. Um, but the we work in Fiesta Juniors, and they're they're fast cars. They are surprisingly fast. And I think from the age of fourteen, I've always wanted one. But it's a it's a rare choice. It's a random choice. Um, but ever since joining the championship for Esther Juniors, I've just loved the cars. So I think they're not, not a very expensive choice. Some of them aren't very expensive choices compared to what I could have gone for. Um, but I do like those cars, weirdly enough. No, I think it's, very, it's a very, uh, very uh, sort of a humble sort of plucky little thing. I mean, I was looking at getting them when I was first yeah. learning to drive. But yeah, fair enough. <laughs> like you say, it's not what everyone would have expected, but it's no. just me. Uh, and coming from a motorsport background, I think a, a question I'd like to ask is, what's the most important modification you can make to a car? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think, for me, I would say is making them lighter. Now, this is just, it's very broad, but 
I think what we you don't we've noticed with even having driver coaches in our car and it will add it literally adds five seconds to ten seconds at some tracks and depending you know, on the having, way the, the guy just, yeah, yeah no just in general wait but sometimes if you have two people in our in a race car these are genetic d40s we have two driver coaches we have no we have one driver coach and a driver it will add 10 seconds now some people won't have a driver coach in their car just in general make the car lighter whether that's changing have sort of having glass fiber or carbon fiber components it just it makes it's weird i didn't when i was younger i didn't understand why you know have one person in the car and then having two people it would, i would look at the times and i go why is it so slow like why are we 10 seconds and then we'd go oh there was a driver coach with us and it's it's crazy difference and you know, even in the world of karting um obviously this is car modification which just make them, the cars lighter but weight makes such a difference in most sport i've now realized from doing physics um you know carting even weight of like the drivers but usually just in general of cars if you make the car lighter you'll be surprised at the uh, the performance change um i've got mates who have taken uh, like seats rear seats at the back of their cars um not for racing but i think just just for the sort of sheer fun of making a modification on their car um but it does actually it makes them more fuel efficient um if you are thinking of doing that on a road car but on a race car it can make a lot of difference and i've only just sort of realized that through physics there you go colin chapman was right there is <laughs> simplifier yes like this. yeah yeah brilliant um well charlotte thank you so much for this it's been a, been a pleasure to speak to you i think it's a um it's very clear to me and then hopefully the people listening that you have, you have a real passion for motorsport and going forward i wish you all the best with your uh, your exams and getting into um university so thank you very much yeah it's been a pleasure to talk to you having these conversations with brilliant people like charlotte is such a privilege i learn more about a person's life and the pros and cons of being in that role you might be thinking how did i meet charlotte well charlotte contacted me through instagram and said she loved the podcast and i after going through her Instagram, like we all do, stalking, I decided to interview her because I found her view and her perspective very unique. So it means a lot when you guys message and say you love the podcast because it gives me even more of a reason to do this. And it means that whether you're here for the motorsport content or the automotive content or you just like people talking about cars and life, it doesn't matter because the part of the reason this podcast exists is to create a community of car enthusiasts. It's a beginning to show, as I speak to my guests, whether you're in a motorsport paddock or even at a car meet, there is a real sense of bonding and family. And the relationships we build is a part of that community. A part of the thing I love so much about the chunks of metal, plastic and glass that we all get so much joy from. So if you enjoy this conversation or any of them so far, drop me a message on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever, and just suggest someone that you find inspiring. I will try and get on the podcast because I want to help inspire you and also meet some brilliant people along the way. So, with that being said, I'm Harry, and this is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's or any of our other episodes, please share them with at least three people you know who are in the car trade, love cars, or just find them interesting. 
If we can get one more person to listen, that's one more person in my mission to help inspire people to do more with their passion for cars.